Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa. We are now going to be affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers Podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with J.D. Styles from Cali Sports News reporting live from the Stanley Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Las Vegas franchise history, George McPhee. With Pat Quinn... You know, I might be the finest man I've ever met in my life. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Clint Malarczyk. There's something about George McPhee that everybody says is a good pick. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Dana Lane, play-by-play voice of the MLB Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dana Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Pryor of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Stars training camp. Hello, hockey fans. Chris, are you there? Technical difficulties this morning. I apologize for that. If anybody's listening live, we got a good show today. We got Mark Scheig from the Hockey Writers coming in. He's going to be breaking down some Columbus Blue Jackets hockey for us. Dana Lane, as always, is going to be joining us to talk about UNLV's first-round victory last night and where they go from here in the playoffs, as well as the – I want him to break down the 24-hour open house that the Golden Knights did this week over at the T-Mobile Arena. And we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff going on today, and we're having some technical difficulties on the microphone and the, and the guest call in. So I'm trying to trying to work my way through that right now. Chris, are you there, sir? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I couldn't hear you before, and my regular microphone's not working. So I had to do the guest call in and then authorize myself to talk. How how are you today, sir? Um, I'm doing well. A little technical difficulties, but we'll get through it. Yep, I think I think we made it work. So uh let's uh let's kick things off. The trade deadline has already begun to have some ramifications around the league. First first of fall, Patrick Eves leaves Dallas and heads off to Anaheim for what might be a bargain basement price of just a second round pick conditional first. Um if Anaheim makes the Western Conference Finals, then they'll have to surrender their first if Patrick Eves plays in more than fifty percent of the games that take en route to that Western Conference championship. 
Um, let's let's look at that one first. What do you think of the Patrick Eves deal? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know he's having such a good year, but when you think about, um, you know, by far this is his best season from an offensive standpoint. Uh, to this point, he's been you know a very good role player, if you will, um, but who's been very injury prone. So. Um, on first glance, you might say, "Gee, that's all they can get for him." But I tell you, what—you know—the Dallas Stars just ended. They played last night. It was their first game after their five-game hiatus, I believe. And I think Jim Neal had it in his mind uh, that if he could get a good enough offer, he was not going to take any chances. Because uh, as Matt Pryor, who we had on the show, who covers the Dallas Stars, the hockey writers, has said that even though he's had this really good year that for uh, long periods of time throughout the year, he's not been healthy enough to practice. So uh, I think once he got, uh, once Jim Neal did his due diligence and uh, he got this offer on the table, uh, he, he wasn't going to take any chances. So he, he, he got the asset. So I, I, I'm, I don't think it was an overpayment or. No, no, I, I think it was a fair you know, deal. I, you know, no, I think I, um, I think it might have been an overpayment when you consider that he's a 12-year vet and he just, you know, he scored his 21st goal and that's his, you know, career high um, playing on a line with Ben and Sagan. Um, it might be easy to look at that and go, well, where does he slot in with Anaheim's core, Anaheim's system, and wonder what his production can be like if he stays healthy for the last 20 games of the regular season and into the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I'm, I was, I'm sure they're hoping was, he could be a force on the power play, just like he was for Dallas. I believe 16 of his 21 goals on the power play. So you know how big the power plays are in the playoffs. So sure. I'm sure that that's something Anaheim uh, might also, you know, maybe he'll slide in even on the third line, but be on the main power play unit. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit leery about that deal from from Anaheim's perspective. I think, um, is you know, I've seen I've seen my Kings trade away high high draft picks in the last couple of years, and really, it hasn't borne any fruit, if you will. I mean, uh, Lucic Lucic was a great fit for the team, and I wish that he had been able to resign um, in Los Angeles, but um for for what they gave up well keep in mind too that go ahead go ahead but keep keep in mind too because uh anaheim uh has three second round picks maybe they feel like you like boy skills a little rich but you know what we're in a position where we can take a chance see if this could be you know we need to get a little bit deeper uh, if we're going to make a playoff run. And you know what? I'll gladly surrender a first-round pick because that means we're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And the the, the pick that they traded really wasn't theirs. It was a uh, second-round pick from Toronto who came over in the Freddie Anderson deal. So I think they still have their second-round pick going forward. Um I'm trying to look it up right now. There was one more deal that I went down have, late I yesterday. Think that, I, th- I think, yeah, Thomas Jerko was traded from uh, to the Blackhawks, uh, the Red right. Wings to the Blackhawks for a third-round pick. Jerko only had a $900,000 salary cap number. Um, you know, I was just saying uh, before on the open that 
he's he's a guy, and granted, he's only 24 years of age, but he's got size, he's got skill. Uh, but for whatever reason, he just hasn't been able to put it all together. Uh, you know, uh, to me, the Hawks giving up a third round, uh, some depth, and, you know, a young guy with, uh, you know, quote-unquote potential, um, I, I think that's that's a – that's a good. That, that's a solid move by them, and Detroit's just kind of moving on. I, I you know, with, with, especially with all the young forwards that they have. And then uh, one other thing I saw that may or may not. I, I haven't seen too much verification of it. Kevin Shattenkirk appears to have turned down a multi-year, forty-two million dollar sign-and-trade deal. Um, what have you heard about that? And do we know which team that was to yet? Yeah, there's been a lot of rumblings, a lot of rumors about him. I hadn't heard that one. I heard that he's turned down a deal or read, again, this is in the rumor mill, that uh, in terms of a deal going to Tampa. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, $42 million. I would imagine that's probably a seven-year deal at $6 million per. Uh, I'm sure him and his agent are looking to uh, beat as much as possible Keith Yandel's deal of last summer. Uh, similar player, maybe, you know, Shattenkirk is, is, I believe, a year and a half younger. Um, and he's having a really, you know, a little more productive, I guess, at this stage. And Yano's signed a seven-year deal at $6.35 million per. But, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, I don't know what the Blues are going to do with him. Are they truly going to sell him? Uh, are they looking to make a hockey trade? Everything you read sounds like it would be a sell deal and – uh, that would speak volumes to me of what the Blues uh, not having a lot of confidence going into this playoffs. If, if they're going to trade Kevin Shattenkirk for a sell trade, and the fact that he would be a rental, I mean they'll get something. They'll get something for him, but they're not going to get uh, a first round pick and a blue blue chip prospect and something else. Uh, I mean no one pays that uh, price for a rental. Right, right, right. Um... So I guess I guess he might be the kind of guy that um, might just go until late late Monday, right at the deadline. Now, so what else you got? We got a couple minutes left uh, in the breaking the ice segment. What else is going on this week? Yeah, Ron Hansey uh, also was picked up by Pittsburgh. I thought that was a nice little move. They gave up the second round pick and a, and a prospect, if you will. Uh, Calgary picked up Michael Stone from Arizona. Um, so. Uh, there's actually been those. rumors of Pittsburgh. Uh, that, 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 there might have been some rumors that Pittsburgh is uh, in, in that Shattenkirk sweepstakes. So uh, imagine if they get Shattenkirk. Yeah. I mean, with the, the the injuries they have in their defense core right now, Shattenkirk's got to be a got to be a high value target for them, right? I I, I would uh, I guess. I mean, to me, you know, they. They won a couple last year, and and it's not like they had uh, an A-list defenseman. With all due respect to the people they have, well, they had Chris Tang. I shouldn't say that, but uh, you get my drift. But uh, yeah, like I said, I would just be curious of uh, that. Would be a curious move for me for St. Louis. It would kind of be sending a message uh, to their team of, you know, we'll do the best we can in the playoffs, but we're not expecting much. It, Unless they got those assets and then in another move made another trade uh, to help their team now, I'm not sure. Uh, it'll be interesting come Monday. Um, and I, we real quick, to... I heard your boy Jonathan Quick will be back tonight. 
Is that right? I hadn't heard that. They were projecting him to uh, be another week or two out. Uh, there was this, this that's been buzzing around that Jonathan Quick's going to be playing tonight. I don't know. I've seen I playing at one o'clock. But... I'll have to be watching as soon as we're done with this. We got a one o'clock tip. Uh, that's right against Anaheim. That's yeah, a big, uh, yeah, yeah. And obviously, the next couple of days are big for the Kings because all of a sudden they're they're five points out of that playoff spot. So you you got to narrow the gap, and you definitely want to go. You don't at this point in the season want to fall further back than that. Yeah, but I've said it before. I don't think Jonathan Quick is the panacea that maybe a lot of Kings Nation thinks he is going to be. I think um, the system in L.A. and what Dubai has been able to do, um, I mean, his numbers are as good as Jonathan Quick's ever have been for a full regular season slate of games. Um, He's had a little bit of a hiccup lately. His, His GAA dropped a little bit with two five nuts and five one back to backs uh, before they went into their bye. But um, he was rolling along a week before that at a 1.92 goals against um, and a 9.29 save percentage. And his numbers have dropped a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but um, I don't, you know, I don't see Jonathan quick. who hasn't played a competitive game of hockey since, you know, April of 2016 coming in and, leading this team back into the promised land. I think this is, I mean, I don't know what, what Dean Lombardi has up his sleeve here at the deadline, but I don't know. I don't know that he should have anything up the sleeve. I said that before as well. I think they need to just ride, ride and die as they say, ride or die. And then go into the off season and figure they got a lot of things to figure out. So, um, they brought up a couple of the youngsters here in the last week. I don't know if that's a showcase call up where uh, Adrian Kempe has come up. All the do a defensive prospect has come up. Um, I don't know if they're dangling them out there, showcasing them, or whether they're thinking they might bring a little bit of youth and enthusiasm on, into things. But even if the Kings make the playoffs, I don't know how far they're going to go in the West. Um, what say you? Yeah, I can. I, I understand all that. It's something to think about too. Is would they consider with Quick coming back, trading Budai, who's a free agent and probably won't team next year, if they can, you know, um, you know, recoup a pick, if you will, uh, something to think about as well. But you make all excellent points, and uh, um, you know, you know, you know, if this, this team is meant to be a playoff team, then then show me. So, um, and right. they need everyone, you know, everyone to pick up the slack. The goaltending's been great. Jeff Carter's been great, but everyone else is, uh, you know, everyone's going to play better. Well, I don't see, I don't see Dana popping up here in the queue. Usually he's right on time. Um, you have a big game today against our guest, Mark Shag's blue hack, blue, the blue jackets here coming up, uh, in a couple hours as well. Why don't you uh, give us a look ahead at the Isles blue jacket tilt? Yes, game three for the Islanders in terms of their nine-game road trip. It's kind of a funky road trip. They, they uh, they're on the road this week, and they go. Then they're off four days, so they head back to Long Island after the game, and then do the the, the second part of the road trip. But uh, uh, they they're on another nice streak. They've won four or five, three in a row. First two on the road trip uh, in Detroit, in Montreal, 
believe it or not, uh, as we go into the action today, they occupy the second wild card spot in the in the East. Uh, Thomas Grice will be back in goal um, this uh, this early this evening, late this afternoon against Columbus, and uh, you know the line of Bailey, Tavares, and Lee has just been really uh, excellent. Anders Lee has uh, uh, 23 goals this season, I believe. Uh, he has 22 since around Thanksgiving, and only Max Pacioretty of the Canadians has scored more than him since that in the league since that point in time. So uh, they're playing well, and um, uh, this will be their last game before the trade deadline. And obviously, this is not an easy one against Columbus. I'm not sure who Columbus is going to have in the Nets because they go to the Garden tomorrow to play the Rangers. So. Maybe they'll ride Bobrovsky in back-to-back games. I'm not sure. Chris, I got to try something here. Dana's calling in and is telling him the uh, show hasn't started yet, so I don't. Okay. I'm looking at the at the studio here, and it's not giving me the on the air, um, on the air countdown like it usually does. So I'm not even sure whether or not we are broadcasting right now. Let me. Um, oh. I'm not sure what we're doing here, actually. I'm going to end this episode and real quick try and start another one. Okay. I don't don't know 